to Defiant Health Radio, a place where you can count on hearing about the truth in health, uncolored by interests of big pharma, the generally misplaced motivations of healthcare and doctors, just ideas and strategies that work safely, effectively, and inexpensively. I'm your host, Dr. William Davis, cardiologist and author of the Wheat Belly and Undoctored Books. In this episode of Defiant Health, I go through the 10 reasons why foods made of wheat do not deserve a place in your diet because of the numerous and sometimes disastrous health problems associated with their consumption, a conversation that can be especially helpful if you are new to the wheat belly concepts. Later in the show, I'll be introducing Defiant Health Podcast's sponsor, Paleo Valley, makers of terrific fermented grass-fed beef sticks, bone broth protein rich in collagen, and other terrific products. I call this episode of Defiant Health, 10 Reasons to Never Eat Wheat. Now, those of you unfamiliar with my wheat belly books and the concepts I introduce in in these books, this might be surprising to you because, after all, we've all been told, right, to eat more healthy whole grains, to include some grain products in every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, every snack, every school lunch, every, (laughs) every meal you have, essentially. If you want to see the results of that kind of advice, just look around you. You may have noticed that we had the world's worst epidemic, of type 2 diabetes, pre-diabetes, fatty liver, and overweight and obesity, largely due to these guidelines that includes cutting your fat, cutting your saturated fat, and of course eating plenty of healthy whole grains. This is terrible advice. If we look back at our ancestors going back about 10 to 12,000 years ago, the moment when hunter-gatherer humans in the Middle East came upon wild-growing wheat and found a way to make it food. They had to isolate the seed, they had to dry it, then pulverize it with stones, and then add water in a a stone bowl heated over a fire. That's how they made porridge. Many centuries later, the Egyptians figured out how to make beer and then bread using wheat. So wheat was added at a moment of desperation when there was difficulty finding real food, like animals, underground roots and tubers, berries, etc., Well, what happened to those early humans who first consumed wheat in the Middle East, also who consumed maize, forerunner of corn in Central America, or millet in Sub-Saharan Africa? What happened to those populations of indigenous people who first consumed the seeds of grasses? That's what grains are. They're seeds of grasses. Many people are surprised to hear that prior to the consumption of wheat and related grains, there was very little tooth decay. Teeth recovered from skulls predating the consumption of wheat and grains, shows very little tooth decay. 1-3% to of all teeth recovered show evidence of decay, cavities, abscess formation, and tooth misalignment. When humans first added wheat and grains to the diet, tooth decay skyrocketed. 16-49% to of all teeth recovered varied depending on location, age, etc. But 16-49% to of all teeth recovered showed evidence of decay, tooth loss, abscess, and misalignment. Now, think about that for a moment. The people who did not consume grains and had very little tooth decay and had perfectly aligned teeth did not have fluoridated toothpaste, dental floss, fluoridated water, dentists, or orthodontists. They had no notion of of dental hygiene except perhaps a twig to pick out a piece of wildebeest between the teeth. So despite that, they had almost no tooth decay. It was the introduction of wheat and grains into the human diet that caused an explosion of tooth decay and related problems. There was also a doubling of knee arthritis 
That was evident in the bony record. And there was also evidence of numerous deficiencies, especially of iron. You can see that in the bone record because when there's iron deficiency anemia, there's a compensatory response in the bone marrow and it, it expands and you can see that in the bone. So the introduction of wheat and grains into the diet, even in indigenous primitive hunter-gatherer humans, was associated with a clear-cut collection of health problems. But what about us in the modern world? Let's run through 10 reasons why I believe you should never eat wheat. Reason number one, gliadin protein-derived opioid peptides increase appetite. They're appetite stimulants. In other words, there's a protein called gliadin in wheat, related proteins cyclin in rye, hordein in barley, and zein in corn, are very poorly digested by humans. And that's because we don't have the digestive enzymes to break down the amino acid sequences in the pro many of the proteins in wheat and grains. So if you eat a piece of pork chop or a steak or an egg, proteins that are part of a normal, natural human diet, your digestive tract breaks it down into single amino acids. When you consume proteins from the seeds of grasses, that is wheat and grains, you don't have the enzymes to break that down fully. You break it down instead into four or five amino acid long peptide fragments. Well, these peptide fragments can cross into the brain and bind to the opiate receptors of the human brain. But they don't make you high, they stimulate appetite. So wheat and grains, upon partial digestion, massively stimulate appetite. This is why, for instance, you may eat a big bowl of pasta and you may feel like you're fit to bursting, but you're still hungry. And that's because it's an unnatural sequence. The gliadin-derived opioid peptides drive appetite even when you shouldn't be eating anymore. Because gliadin-derived opioid peptides are a potent appetite stimulant, many people take in 400 to 800 calories more per day than they need. I've seen people eat as much as 1,500 additional calories per day when they include wheat and grains and thereby gliadin-derived opioid peptides. But if you understand this, you now have the insight, a key to magnificent weight loss and a way to turn off appetite. I'd like to welcome Defiant Health's newest sponsor, Paleo Valley, makers of absolutely delicious grass-fed beef sticks, healthy snack bars, and other products. You know that we're very picky around here and insist that any product we consider has no junk ingredients like maltodextrin, carrageenan, carboxymethylcellulose, sucralose, or other additives that have potential adverse health effects. You won't find any such ingredients in the Paleo Valley products. And all Paleo Valley products deserve the Defiant Health stamp of approval because they contain no gluten, no grains, soy, or added sugar. In fact, I find Paleo Valley products among the cleanest of any in their category, and they are truly irresistibly delicious. When I first tasted their grass-fed beef sticks, I was taken by surprise at how delicious they were. One of the habits I urge everyone to get into is to include a fermented food product at least once, if not several times per day in your lifestyle. Unlike nearly all other beef sticks available, the Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks are all naturally fermented, meaning they contain probiotic bacterial species. I especially love the jalapeno flavored sticks as they add to your intake of capsaicin that has positive effects on your microbiome, as does the garlic in the garlic summer sausage. And of course, all their products are gluten-free. Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks are available in five varieties, original, jalapeno, summer sausage, garlic summer sausage, and teriyaki. 
They also offer two flavors of pasture-raised turkey sticks, original and cranberry orange. But I've got to admit, my favorites are the grass-fed beef sticks. Paleo Valley also has super food bars that come in dark chocolate chip and apple cinnamon, and they've recently added lemon meringue. I've tried them all, and I've found them irresistible. And they're low carb, of course, with eight grams net carbs per bar, well below the limits that I advise for health and weight management. Shipping is free for orders of $75 or more. For more information or to order, go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. Enter the coupon code DEFIANT, not case sensitive, for a 15% discount for all Defiant Health listeners. The web address is also listed in the Defiant Health show notes that accompany this podcast. Reason number two. Gliadin-derived opioid peptides are mind-active drugs with effects that go beyond just appetite in people with, for instance, autism or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. The gliadin-derived opioid peptides can trigger behavioral outbursts. It can abbreviate attention span, which is a problem to begin with in these populations. Gliadin-derived opioid peptides can bring out depression. If you're prone to depression, it can cause you to be depressed, can even cause suicidal thoughts. I've seen this many, many times. If you have a tendency towards binge eating disorder or bulimia, where you binge and purge, exposure to glide and drive opioid peptides triggers 24-hour-a-day food obsessions. You know, these people are the ones you'll see sitting in front of the refrigerator at 3 a.m. binging and then running to the toilet to purge. A lot of that goes away when you erase the effects of gliadin-derived opioid peptides. Reason number three, gliadin, when intact, some of it remains intact because of the poor digestion of these grass source proteins, gliadin initiates the process of autoimmunity. This has been well mapped out in the intestinal wall. The gliadin protein begins a sequence of events that increases intestinal permeability and initiates the process of autoimmunity. This has been shown to be the start of, for instance, type 1 diabetes and rheumatoid arthritis and likely many other forms of autoimmune disease. This comes from research by Dr. Alessio Fasano's laboratory when he was at the University of Maryland, now at Harvard. We now know that the gliadin protein of wheat initiates many, if not most, forms of autoimmune disease. Reason number four, the carbohydrate of wheat. Unlike the proteins, the carbohydrate is very digestible. The carbohydrate in wheat and grains is called amylopectin A. It's called amylopectin A because it has a very unique structure that's different than other forms of amylopectin, such as amylopectin C. That's not well digested. That's the form of carbohydrate found in legumes, like black beans, white beans, and lentils. But the amylopectin A of wheat and grains is extremely digestible both in the saliva and in the stomach. And that's why it raises blood sugar very high. If you look up glycemic indexes of various foods, for instance, you'll see that the glycemic index of whole wheat bread is higher than table sugar. So anything made of wheat, flour, and related grains raises blood sugar to very high levels because of the amylopectin A. Reason number five, there's another protein in wheat and grains called wheat germ agglutinin. Wheat germ agglutinin is completely impervious to human digestion. It goes in intact in the mouth, it comes out in the toilet intact. But in its passage from mouth to toilet is a very potent bowel toxin. If you give just a milligram, which is just a speck, to a laboratory rat, it essentially destroys the rat's intestinal tract by denuding it, stripping it of all the villi, the absorptive villi, the hair-like projections that line the intestine and cause absorption of nutrients. 
the rat loses all those villi, absorptive villi. Well, the same thing can happen to the average human who consumes about 18 to 19 milligrams of wheat germagglutin per day because wheat germagglutin is a very potent bowel toxin. Reason number six, wheat germagglutin blocks gallbladder and pancreatic function. That's because wheat germagglutin blocks the hormone cholecystokinin or CCK. CCK is released from the gut when you eat something and it provokes the pancreas to release pancreatic enzymes and it provokes the gallbladder to squeeze out its bile. It's all that's needed for digestion of foods. Well, when you have something made of wheat or related grains, CCK is blocked and it keeps your pancreas and gallbladder from doing their jobs, which can cause heartburn, can cause upset stomach, and it leads over time to shifts in bowel floor composition, dysbiosis, and probably small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO. Wheat germagglutinin in wheat and grain products is a very destructive component. Reason number seven, grain phytates block absorption of all positively charged minerals. So there's another component of wheat and grains called phytates or phytic acid, which are very good at binding any positively charged mineral, especially iron, zinc, calcium, magnesium, and others. Well, because they bind those positively charged ions, you pass them out into the toilet. And that's why iron deficiency anemia is very common in people who consume wheat and grains. This is why people's immunity is reduced because the zinc is bound up and lost in the toilet. This is why people are more prone to develop magnesium deficiency. Not only is it not in your water, but any magnesium you get in your diet that's consumed along with wheat and grains is also passed out into the toilet. So the phytates of wheat and grains are potent binders of numerous minerals. Even though you've been told that you must eat grains for their B vitamins, fiber, and folate, the truth of it is you become deficient in numerous minerals when you consume wheat and grains. Reason number eight, mostly because of the massive changes introduced into modern strains of wheat by agribusiness and farmers, there are numerous new proteins in wheat that act as allergens or provoke allergic responses. These go by odd names like trypsin inhibitors and thioreductases and alpha amylase inhibitors and gamma gliadins. But these, the effects you experience from consumption of these wheat proteins includes asthma, skin rashes, and gastrointestinal distress. These are allergic responses to the unique new proteins created by agribusiness. Reason number nine, grains are potent endocrine disruptors. This explains why women with polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, are much worse with grain consumption, having type 2 diabetes commonly, more hair growth, mustaches, hypertension, insulin resistance. It also explains why men's breasts enlarge with, with wheat and grain consumption, why male levels of testosterone drop and estrogen increase, and why pituitary prolactin levels are higher. Prolactin promotes breast growth. So both men and women tend to have larger breasts with wheat and grain consumption. Surprisingly, with wheat and grain elimination, most people experience a modest reduction in breast size. Women by one cup size, men can lose their male breasts. And another way that wheat and grains disrupt the endocrine system is by triggering an autoimmune response of the thyroid. That is Hashimoto's thyroiditis. 50% of people who develop Hashimoto's thyroiditis have antibodies against the gliadin protein of wheat, suggesting that wheat was the initiating cause of the Hashimoto's. Reason number 10. Big food and agribusiness 
use wheat and grains to control human buying behavior. You can be sure they know all about the gliadin-derived opioid peptide appetite-stimulating effect, and that's, I think, the reason why that starting in the 1980s or so, you saw wheat and related grain products in virtually every processed food. Up till then, it was not common to see wheat and uh, related grains in all sorts of processed foods. But in the 1980s, the presence of wheat and related grains proliferated. And that is about when it was recognized by scientists at the National Institutes of Health that the gliadin protein of wheat yielded, yielded opioid peptides that stimulated appetite. So, of course, big food manufacturers recognizing this very big advantage for increasing sales put wheat and grains into everything. And that's why you can't help yourself when you eat any processed food that makes you hungry and hungrier, never satisfied. You can therefore appreciate that when you go wheat and grain free, as we do in my Wheat Belly and Undoctored programs, you're freed of the gliadin-derived opioid peptide appetite-stimulating effect. And it means that after an initial modest opioid withdrawal syndrome that lasts about five days and is characterized by headache, nausea, fatigue, depression, get through it and you are magnificently freed of appetite. You're no longer tempted by all the garbage food that's around you. You'll also see that kids with ADHD and autism improve in their behavior and their attention span. You'll see that many autoimmune diseases start to regress because you remove the gliadin protein. You start to see your blood sugar drop and visceral fat in your waist starts to shrink because you're no longer provoking amylopectin A blood sugar rises and not provoking insulin and thereby you reverse insulin resistance. You'll find that bowel health improves because you got rid of wheat germagglutin, the potent bowel toxin. You find, if you were tracking measures like blood levels of magnesium or zinc, you'll see those levels improve because you're not passing those minerals out into the toilet. Numerous forms of allergy can recede, such as asthma and skin rashes. You'll see many of the endocrine disruptive effects, like the high blood sugar, type 2 diabetes and hypertension, ladies with PCOS, or man breasts on guys will recede. People often say, though, if I eliminate wheat and grains, what's left to eat? There's plenty left to eat. We try to consume only simple, unprocessed foods that don't come with labels. Foods like eggs and avocados, and vegetables, and butter. These are natural foods that were not adulterated, not contaminated by the presence of wheat and grains added by food manufacturers. You're going to find that you are wonderfully freed of appetite and freed of numerous health problems. So there you go. The top 10 reasons to never eat wheat and related grains again. Now, if you've learned something from this podcast, I encourage you to leave a review, tell your friends, subscribe through your favorite podcast directory, and support this movement of self-empowered health. Thanks for listening.